Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of the consolation prizes is not going to be Jen Kern's new book. You're going to have to buy that on your own. If you don't know about Jen Kern's, you just don't know. Uh, she is a Republican strategist a nationally syndicated radio talk show host, uh, the author of the new book, The Real War on Women, a longtime friend of mine, and someone that's very bright, who uh, has insight beyond the usual punditry. Jen, it's great to talk with you. Congratulations on the new book. Hey, thank you so much. I always say, my brother, mind you, would always say, I did too much helium as a kid, and this is why my voice is the way it is today. <laughs> yeah, I was disappointed with that. I didn't think helium was a difficult question. Uh, I feel like that was very in the wheelhouse of something that I think most people know. He he clearly had a different childhood than we did. Clearly. Clearly, <laughs> indeed. Hey, I want to pick your brain. Uh, I want to talk with you, uh, obviously, about your new book, but let me pick your brain on a couple of items in the news, uh, one involves Kanye West, the uh, billionaire rapper, the former husband of Kim Kardashian. Uh, he has all sorts of companies, former independent candidate for president. Now it's looking like he finally might be too toxic for some people to do business with. He is someone who has a long history of making controversial comments, said George Bush doesn't care about black people at a telethon, uh, obviously doing controversial things like uh, interrupting Taylor Swift at that uh, award ceremony. And now, uh, after making some comments on social media in which he said he was something, in words or substance, going to uh, DEFCON 5 with the Jews, um, Anna Wintour doesn't want to work with him. CAA, his agency, they won't represent him. MRC has shelved a documentary about him. A lot of other companies are severing ties with him. And he's being essentially banished from corporate America. And at a level of banishment that we have not seen in quite some time outside of the Me Too era. You are an expert in branding, in marketing comebacks, in crisis communications. Do you think Kanye is able to come back from all this? Or uh, or is Kanye, or just Ye, as they call him now, is this it for him? Well, first of all, I, I think, Frank, anyone who goes to that level to say they're going to go, you know, I think he said DEFCON 3. Right. Actually. And actually he said, he said DEFCON. It wasn't even a 5. Yeah, he said <laughs> DEFCON 3, not DEFCON. DEFCON. That, that's the actual code. DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. But but look, he, I think that Kanye's very misunderstood, and I'm not apologizing for him. I'm not being, you know, a, 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 an excuser for, for these comments. But remember a couple of years ago, Donald Trump said that he was so popular he could – walk out onto Fifth Avenue and literally shoot people, and he would still have the approval rating he did. I think that's what Kanye was trying to suggest here. It, this sort of like, um, I think Kanye does like Trump does, right? He talks out loud to work out ideas. Again, not apologizing for him, but I think what Kanye 
meant to say, and again, not apologizing for him, but I think what Kanye meant to say is that he could go, uh, you know, DEFCON 3 and still not be canceled by Adidas. And I think it was more about his his actual legal agreement with Adidas that he said it was so airtight that, you know, he didn't need Chris Kardashian to manage him. He didn't need, you know, these guys at CAA to manage him, that he could literally, you know, as Trump said, walk out onto Fifth Avenue and shoot people and it wouldn't be cancelable. I, I think that's what his original intent was. Now, he left this hang out there. I, I think that it's probably uh, too late for him to come back from this unless there is a really good reason, unless he comes back and says something mm. Like I just said, and if I were advising him on public relations, uh, that's what I would have him do uh, in addition to going and, you know, volunteering somewhere at a, you know, a Jewish community center. I think that's the only way that he could come back from that is to show he was just sort of talking in the ether about, you know, cancel culture and, and contracts and things like that. But look, I think Kanye, again, not to excuse him. I think he's become very frustrated over the years because there is a group of people out in L.A., management uh, types of people who have been his handlers and Kim Kardashian's handlers and Kris Jenner's handlers. Some of those guys I know because remember I worked West Coast for, Mm -hmm. you know, 15 plus years. There are people around the Jenners and Kardashians telling them, you know, what they can say, what they can think. And I think Kanye has just been so frustrated with that. And I think he paints it with the broad brush that these are, you know, because they happen to be Jewish, that that is the whole culture. Um, but but look, um, he certainly certainly went, boy, I think too far to, to do what he ultimately wants to do, which is to be on the ballot and run for president in 2024. Uh, Chung, with Jen Kearns, uh, you can uh, learn about her and even listen to her radio show uh, by going to uh, All American Jen on Twitter, or just going to uh, Jen. What is your the, the website for your show and for uh, people that want to follow you? Sure, um, allamericanradio dot com, and then um, as we're going to talk about the book, they can go to therealwaronwomen dot com. Gotcha. Okay, um, allamericanradio dot com. Let me ask you about the upcoming uh, midterm elections. The conventional wisdom had it that uh, the Republicans were going to win big because the party that's out of power always picks up a lot of seats. Then the abortion decision came and all of a sudden it looked like, all right, maybe the Republicans are not going to win so big. Now it's looking like now that some of the the sting has come out of that abortion decision since it came, you know, six months ago, and people are still having to worry about gas prices and the economy and inflation, an ABC News Ipsos poll is showing that Americans trust that Republicans would do a better job on a whole bunch of these issues across the board. Uh, Double-digit edges on inflation, the economy, gas prices, and crime— Given that that seems to be the current mood of the electorate, are you predicting a huge red wave this year, or is there something that you're seeing that maybe some of the analysts aren't seeing? No, I I think that the red wave is probably more possible now more than ever, and I think it has to do with, you know, multitude of issues, um, mostly economic, but also um, having to do with crime And uh, frankly, I think that the Democrats have really overshot what was going to be their their magical campaign plan, which was 
to fight back and to turn out the women's vote for um, some sort of abortion solution nationally, uh, some sort of um, reaction to the Roe versus Wade overturning. Um, I think that they peaked too soon with that, and I think they relied too much on a singular issue, and, and that's what I find so interesting. And, and I'm so pleased to see it that, you know, women voters, there was a poll that came out just a few days ago that said, no, actually women voters believe in uh, talking and discussing more things other than abortion. We're, we're multifaceted uh, voters. We want to vote on a range of issues from jobs to the economy to inflation to uh, the handling of crime and so on and so forth. The things we see play out every day in New York City, right? Uh, those are the things that women care about. And I'm so glad to see that we're having a more robust conversation than the ones that Democrats wanted women to have um, in the midterm elections. If you, you've you advised a lot of candidates over the years, if you were advising a Republican running for Congress, U.S. Senate, or even governor in the midterms this year, early voting's begun in a lot of states. It's going to begin in uh, New York in four days. What would you be advising Republican candidates to do, either substantively or stylistically? What would you be suggesting? Well, you know, to keep talking about the economy, you know, James Carville said this famous quote in 1992 uh, during the Bill Clinton presidential race. He said, you know, uh, it's the economy, stupid. And um, that was something that he he just relented um, and told the campaign team, Uh, that that's what you have to focus on. And that is true this year in the midterm elections. This is, other than crime, it's the number one issue that uh, people are talking about. And it's something that that polls quite well. In fact, there's there's that poll in the last few days I was mentioning shows that women voters in particular are, uh, the word was flocking to the GOP. And the main reason was they are unhappy with the economy and inflation and the impact it's having on their families. And and so if I'm a, a GOP voter, that's what I'm talking about, because that is uh, something that's that's not sensitive, especially if you're a white male Republican running, um, you know, uh, really to connect with people on those other issues, and especially in swing districts in, in the state of California and other places um, where I've worked, you know, you really want to keep the issues uh, to, you know, the six or seven issues that Joe Biden really does not pull well on. And that's everything from the economy to crime, uh, to the Green New Deal, to the student loan debt forgiveness. Um, all of these things we're seeing in the polls are really spiking uh, against uh, Joe Biden and against the Democrats right now. Um, now, one of the things that uh, my friend David Patterson used to do when he was hosting his own radio show is once in a while he would turn the tables on everybody. Uh, even though he was a Democrat, he would give advice to the other party. Now, let me ask you to do the same thing. If you were advising the Democrats running this year in a lot of uh, purple districts, what would you suggest they do, either stylistically or substantively? Well, they're running out of time to really adjust course. Um, If you look at the early voting, which, by the way, Democrats have pushed for, uh, they're they're sort of um, having this double-edged sword, right, because they've told people that um, they wanted, you know, early voting in Pennsylvania. 
Voting in Pennsylvania has been underway for, I think, about three weeks now. Uh, Voting in California started earlier this week. Um, So they're sort of running out of time to to turn this narrative around. uh, Right. And that is to what I would tell a Democrat. Stop talking about abortion. Uh, The liberal states are going to do what the liberal states want to do with that. And the conservative states, places like Texas, are going to keep uh, doing what they're going to do to protect unborn children. So that you're not going to really make that much of a difference. The things that they could be talking about is going back to their base, going back to helping the middle class, helping the working class. Those are the things that, that they should be focusing on. Uh, the strategic error right now that I think people like John Fetterman are making in Pennsylvania, he's trying to argue against this this case that crime is increased. And in fact, he's sort of going this other direction saying he's, he's going to let a third of the prison population out. That's not what people want to be hearing about right now. Um, so, you know, to Democrats, I would say maybe use your inside voice these last three weeks, um, not suggesting that they shouldn't be who they are because they of course have to talk about their positions, but um, you know, there's only really one state where you can get away with fully being yourself and that is California. Kathy Hochul right now can't even be herself because that race between she and Lee Zeldin is so close right now. But Gavin Newsom can continue to be who he's going to be. He can continue uh, to say, hey, we're going to be the number one abortion tourist destination. We're going to be, you know, getting rid of the gasoline vehicle in the next uh, seven years. You know, he can say these crazy things because they've had one party rule in California. But if you're running in a swing district uh, in, you know, Kansas or Pennsylvania, you can't. Or or in New York, there are 10 competitive congressional districts out of the 26 congressional seats in New York. Yeah. And, you know, that is a testament, you know, to to you guys, to the GOP for continuing to pound uh, Democrats in the state of New York, um, to people like, you know, Joe Borelli and you, uh, and everyone else on the airwaves talking about these issues that you've really made a difference. And well, you guys I, I never, also I, I think in, in the case of New York, I think it's largely a reflection of the the Court of Appeals throwing out these gerrymandered congressional districts, because if those original maps were in place, then I think you'd have maybe three or four competitive congressional districts. But if people are just tuning in or people just waking up, we're talking with Jennifer Kearns. She's the author of a new book called The Real War on Women. Time's up for radical feminism and the Democrats' liberal, progressive, socialist agenda. Now, Jen, I think uh, you leave very little doubt with that title as to where you stand on the issues. But we do have a lot of people that listen to this show that are maybe non-political, maybe they're centrist, maybe they're even left of center. Is there anything that a liberal woman might get out of your book? Oh, absolutely. Look, um, you know, first of all, I'm a registered independent that might surprise people. Uh, and, and my role as a political strategist in the state of California for 19 years, can't believe I'm that old and have been doing this uh, for this long, but was really uh, my specialty and the things that people hired me for were to go win independent voters and to go win women voters and to go win those swing voters. And that is something I did. And and the way that I did that in California was not really to talk about party, even though I was the spokeswoman for the California Republican Party uh, for for a a little bit of a stretch, but really was 
for, you know, taxpayer groups and, and, you know, moderate candidates really was finding ways to really connect with people on the issues. And that was like, you know, taxes, the economy, inflation, crime, uh, environmental issues, things like that. And, and um, I had a winning streak of about 10 years in the state of California, which no other Republican ever had. And it always tickled me uh, that I was able to connect with people. Uh, but I did it by talking about the issues. And that's really what I set out to do in, in the book, The Real War on Women. Um, I looked back and I said, you know, there's this sort of urban legend that Republicans uh, launched this war on women. Like, where did that come from? And I looked back and I said, wow, that phrase has actually been around for a really long time. It actually started in 1989. Uh, there was a, a radical feminist by the name of Andrea Dworkin, and uh, she was an author, and, and she she wrote in her book introduction that there was a quote unquote war on women, and then it really began to be you know sort of picked up in the 1990s. You remember Susan Faludi, uh, the famous feminist. Um, she wrote in her 1991 book Backlash. Uh, that there was an undeclared war on women. Uh, it sort of, you know, got picked up at these DNC conventions and these Planned Parenthood conventions. And I said, gosh, I wonder if this is true, because if I'm a woman and I identify more with the Republican Party, am I identifying with monsters and people who, you know, want to, you know, wish all this ill on women? Well, as I researched it, I found out that it was actually the polar opposite that on at least 14 issues that I go in in the book, um, that it was really the Democrats who have been passing policies and executive orders that mostly hurt women. And it was everything from, um, you know, the lockdowns in, in March of 2020 uh, that continued on, by the way, in some states until 2022, uh, which is hard to believe, but it's true. Uh, during the lockdowns, um, you know, more than two million women left the workforce. And I thought, well, gosh, isn't this kind of funny? It, every liberal mayor from New York City to L.A. Uh, participated and led the, the government lockdowns. Every uh, blue state governor from Gretchen Whitmer to, um, you know, Andrew Cuomo to Gavin Newsom led the government lockdowns. And and I looked and I said, you know, uh, Democrats always say that they're a friend to the working woman. You know, they always wanted uh, equality in the workforce. Yet two million women left the workforce during the government lockdowns. Men didn't leave their jobs. Women did. And that's because, by and large, most of the schools were closed. So Democrats were making all of these a contagion of decisions that were negatively affecting women. And so I started to dig into that. Then I started to really look at, you know, 13 other areas where they really are passing policies that are draconian and that really limit women's choice, um, including the Green New Deal. Uh, there's no singular legislative policy that the Democrats have passed in the last 30 years that limits a woman's choice more than the Green New Deal. And that includes uh, you know, abortion. Um, the Green New Deal limits women's choices more than than any other policy issues that the Democrats have passed. And so I started to go, you know, kind of go through the list 
and, and it was really striking. And so I thought, you know, this this is the real war on women. What Democrats are passing today, that's the real war on women that needs to be talked about. Well, so uh, you said a great deal there, and uh, hopefully you'll come back in studio soon and we'll follow up on a, a couple of those uh, different areas. One thing, uh, well, two things that strike me. Uh, one is I should point out that uh, Governor Ned Lamont, who is a blue state governor, he was not big into the uh, the lockdowns and keeping everything closed the way people like uh, Andrew Cuomo and uh, and Phil Murphy were. So we at least can't lump him in with the uh, the Gavin Newsom's yeah, of the world. We like Ned. <laughs> uh, the, well, at least in comparison to some of these those other folks. But you talk about the the Green New Deal as a strike against the Democrats, and you make it's a very interesting case about why that's a, a raw deal for women. Now, if I'm a Democratic establishment, you know, partisan or a Democratic establishment defender, I would say, well, look, the, the congressional Democrats led by Nancy Pelosi, they didn't pass the Green New Deal. Isn't that, just to play devil's advocate, isn't that not necessarily representative of where the Democratic Party is, but maybe just a fringe left-wing element of the Democratic Party? Well, you could say that, but look, the, the Democratic Party today is not really controlled by Nancy Pelosi. It's really controlled by the left flank of the party. And you might say, well, gosh, the Green New Deal, here's the big scam of it all. The Green New Deal has actually never been introduced on the floor of Congress, except for when AOC first took office. It was sort of introduced as sort of a a proclamation of sorts. And and then it was stuck in a desk drawer. True story, stuck in a desk drawer. Um, But if you look at Joe Biden's infrastructure bill, it included so many components of the Green New Deal. And, and here's what I think most Americans have a problem with, and I think this will show up in the midterm election results, is that there is a lot of hypocrisy also with the Green New Deal. Um, I went through a list of, of industries who are not walking the walk, um, and they're just talking the talk. Um, if you look at the um, draconian uh limits on things that are going to happen to the American people, thanks to the Green New Deal and Joe Biden's infrastructure bill, they really do want to phase out uh, the gas cars. And and that might be popular in New York City, where most of us don't drive. I know you drive, but I I don't drive when I'm here in the city. haven't really driven that much in the last five years since I've been here. But but people in the rest of the country, this does not resonate with them. And it wouldn't be so bad if if the Democrats were living their own lifestyle in in the way of the Green New Deal, but they're not. And I I did some research, and Hollywood uh, is one of the biggest uh, polluters on the planet. And and I looked it up, and with with movie sets, uh, did you know just one large movie set can leave behind 225 tons of scrap metal. Uh, I am not surprised. Uh, Jen, we're going to have to end it there. There's a ton of stuff that I want to go over with you uh, the next time that you're on the show, and it's a fascinating book. If people are interested in it, it's called The Real War on Women. Uh, Folks can get it uh, on Amazon, right, Jen? Or where can they go directly to your website? Exclusively at therealwaronwomen.com. Oh, so it's not on Amazon. Okay. Not on Amazon. You know, I cancel culture-proofed the book from tip to toe. So I put it on my, my site to start the real war on women.com. And I um, hope everybody goes out and gets it and uh, 
let me know what you think. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll get you in studio soon. We'll continue the discussion. Uh, this is The Other Side of Midnight. We're going to do 15 seconds of fame, give you an opportunity to be heard on any subject for 15 seconds. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. 